I feel like my local Chinese place is throwing shade at me. Oh, yeah. I did a big order the other day and then they were like, how much rice do you need? I was like, I need it for two people. So then when I got the order, there were like eight sets of chopsticks and eight fortune cookies in there. Okay. Which I feel like is a judgment about the value, the amount of food that I ordered for two people. Okay. So I ordered enough so that I wouldn't have to make dinner the next day. Right. I was like sensible. Yeah. I was like, I was like, I was like thinking about the future, Mm -hmm. but then I think the real shade comes because I ordered, you know, fairly. Okay. My wife likes sweet and sour pork, which I realized not is a not is an Americanized Chinese food dish, Mm -hmm. but they chucked in a free order of crab rangoon unbidden unbidden. I ordered enough that I got a bonus and they didn't give me a bonus of like, you know, you know, I, I, I don't know, like something they gave me. They gave me the American food to be clear. Like there was not some disclaimer on the menus like, hey, order one hundred dollars worth of food and get free crab rink. Like they were literally just manifested in the bag. OK, first off, I didn't order one hundred dollars worth of food. The 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 thing that happens at, at the, this place is if you order toward the end of their night, then often they'll chuck in a little oh. bonus if you order, if you do a big order. Those are the best. Those are the best. Like, just to be clear, I love our local Chinese place. And if they're if they're throwing shade at me by giving me the American freebie Americanized Chinese food, I don't know how I feel about that. I'm a little sad, dude. That's like when I lived across the street from an escape from New York pizza in my 20s and would stumble in there drunk at 130 in the morning needing grease. Yeah. And they would be like, oh, we're about to close. Here you go. Yeah. And they would just give me some slices because they were about to throw it out anyway. Yeah, I, I, the one, it's funny. I used to go to the one, the, the escape on hate because I used to live right up the street from there. And like occasionally you'd go in and that you'd like order a slice and then they just put like two more on top of it. Yes. It's good times. It's good times. But, but so do you like, should I be affronted or do you think they were just trying to do something nice for me? That's the mm, question. I, I, I would say they appreciate your business. But, but I feel like it's a little bit like, I feel like the extra chopsticks is a judgment. I feel like I'm being judged now. Maybe they knew. Uh, look, they just appreciate cleanliness. They knew you were going to eat this over a period of days. And they were like, oh, they're going to need new chopsticks every day because this is four days worth of food. That's true. I did appreciate the extra fortune cookies, too. Welcome to Brad and Will Made a Tech Pod. I'm Will. I'm Brad. Hello, Brad. Hi. Hello. It's the most wonderful time of every two years. It's video card season. It's new video cards. Well, is it, okay. is, has it always been every two years or did the pandemic uh, like stretch or elongate things out? Some, I think I think they stretched six months. It's usually about every 18 months. Is it really? But, but, but usually, so usually there's like, usually it's two years between new GPU kind of um, architectures. Mm-hmm. And then, or, or two, two generations between new, so there'll be like a, a launch one, and then there'll be an updated one, and then there'll be a new architecture. Is typically how it goes. Sometimes they stretch a third, third piece of hardware in there, a th- you know, a third generation. But usually, it's like every say three years for new architectures. You ever go back and well, you probably don't do this because you reviewed cards, so you just touched all of them. But sometimes yeah. I go back and look at the entire history of NVIDIA GPU releases because I can kind of like clock eras of my life against them. Yeah. It's like, oh, I remember when I 
gaffled that TNT too out of my parents' new computer because they sure <laughs> as hell didn't need it, and they could they could get by just fine on that Matrox Millennium. It probably looked better on the desktop anyway. Yeah, you're doing them a favor. And it's like, oh, I remember when I borrowed a, God, what was the one around Doom 3? Oh, Doom 3 would have been like a 5800 or something like that. Might have been a 6800 Ultra from from the office. Yeah, the 6800 would have been the good version of, like, the 5800 was the leaf blower. Okay, yes, it was the one after that. Anyway, like, there have been a ton of NVIDIA cards, and you can just go down the list and be like, oh, I bought that one. Oh, I borrowed that one. I I managed to... (laughs) Steel, not steel, but somebody gave me a review sample of that one. You know what I mean? Yep. There have been well, a lot of them is the it's, point. It's um, it's interesting. So for me, the thing on that is the tech demos. Like I like to, I like yes. to occasionally, I even did it before. I want to say the, the art, the first RTX stream, uh, when, when they announced that I went through and loaded up all of the old, like the, the, the nymphs and the, and the, and the bells, the, the, the musical instruments and the night cities and the werewolves and all that stuff. And it, it's fun. It's fun to go back and look at those. Cause it shows what they were interested in highlighting more than anything. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's, it's the fairy grove to me. Well, the, yeah. I think that isn't that the, that's the original hardware TNL. Is that uh, what that was for? Like I, was I don't, f- I, I am terrible at remembering which one goes with which the, the first fairy was reflect. Uh, well, the gecko is the one that is my all time favorite. Cause it's the one that had like dot three bump mapping and, and uh, reflective maps and all that kind of stuff. It was really cool. And you could hit a button to switch between the different modes. So you could basically get like Mario 64 liquid metal. Uh, and then you could do, do translucency and you could do di- uh, refraction and all sorts oh, of other yeah. stuff. Here it is. The GeForce three. That was a GeForce three. I didn't, one, yeah. I didn't have, I didn't have a three. So I, I missed that one. I'm thinking about the rigid. It might've been like the first major tech demo they ever put out. It's nothing but some low poly trees and some colored lights flitting around them. Oh yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I'm pretty sure that was the original, like, Hey, we do transform and lighting on the, on the graphics card. Now look at this. Yeah, well, and then later on, they started doing like starting with the werewolf and the and the fairy, the fairy with wings. Um, they would basically say, hey, what happens if we throw the entire performance budget of this of the highest end card we have at one character? Yeah, And that was always fun because like then you'd see stuff that was like three years out yes. from actually shipping like, in hardware, like subsurface scattering on skin and stuff right. like that. It's going to be two more graphics cards generations before you actually see games looking like this. Exactly. Um, but but like. Even after 20 years of covering video cards, 20 plus 22 ish years of covering video cards off and on, I think that this 4090 is maybe the most interesting card I've tested in the, in this entire run across AMD, Intel, everybody. That's a large claim. Um, It's a real weird card. Like Mm. it's, it's, it's a weird launch. It's a weird because of the current state of the market. It's weird because I I don't exactly know who this card is for. Like Mm. I, I mean, look, realistically, this card is for people who do data science and machine yes. learning stuff. And then also people who want the fastest possible thing. That's that's has always been my impression of the 90 cards is like, hey, this is the only people who need this are people running giant workstations and yeah. and, and people who want who have hot rod syndrome and just need to say they have the fastest thing. There's there's a there's a, a, a scientist in one of my discords who does. um like like uh, bioinformatics stuff, and and she has a bunch of ninety series cards and in in workstations to yeah. do data data math, right? Oh, that sounds awesome. Um, data but, math. Like everyone, like during the pandemic, at one point she posted a picture of like twelve 
12, 30, 90s or something stacked on top of each other in boxes and people hit the floor. All right. I, you've just made me realize I have, I have, uh, uh, this is a longstanding life ambition that I've just now an- identified as an ambition and it is to run a farm of something. Mm. I don't know what, probably not a, not a farm like of potatoes? 40, 90s. I, I, I do tomato, I do tomatoes probably, I mean, maybe I corn. Mean, I mean, a data farm. Oh, Oh, like look, you, you could have gotten real into crypto like six months ago, but that, mm. that ship has sailed, sadly, maybe or just, maybe goodly, probably just put, should just put together a Raspberry Pi cluster and call it a day. And a Raspberry Pi cluster is kind of you can do a lot with a Raspberry Pi cluster these yeah. days. Yeah, I think people run like little web servers off of them and stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You just get one do those, a, a, a traffic router or the whole thing. Get one of those little rack blade things that holds uh-huh. like 12 pies. Yeah, it's a cluster of pies. Mm-hmm. Um, so. So we're okay. So today we're gonna talk about the 4090, but more we're gonna talk about the ADA series of uh, of, of, of our ADA architecture from NVIDIA, yes. which is their new. It succeeds Ampere, which succeeds Turing, and and those are kind of the ray tracing. You know, the, the, it's it's the next in the line of ray tracing cores from NVIDIA. I thought they were gonna go with Lovelace, but then we showed up for that editor's day, and everybody was just saying ADA, and I was like, oh. I think I guess it's easier to say. I think eight is easier to say. Um, the the so the interesting thing. Uh, so okay, it's this card is interesting. This forty ninety is interesting, and, and rather than do, I, so I figured this this time we would do this in the reverse order than we usually do. We're going to tell you whether the current card, tell you about the card, and whether it's worth buying, and then jump to the stuff that's about why it's interesting for people who care. Yeah. So like we can front load this with no, you probably don't need to buy a sixteen hundred dollar video card. Is that your assessment? My assessment is, okay, yes, that is my short-term assessment. I'm going to tell you why now. Okay. Um, it's stupid fast on everything I tested it in. I, <laughs> I put it in. Hang on. Yeah. I mean, go on. It's but so. When you, when you come out and say it's stupid, I don't know, man, you're making a pretty good case for it. It's so stupid fast that you can't get full Okay, there's some hardware that's a that's that is coming out very soon that we don't know how it's going to perform from Intel because there's still embargoes on the new Intel CPUs that were announced a couple weeks ago. It seems like it is CPU bound on basically all the hardware that's available right now, unless you do some crazy overclocking stuff, including the Ryzen's that are less than a month old, including including the month old Ryzen's. I don't know about the next gen Intel stuff, but judging by how it performed from from people who tested on the on the current gen Intel stuff seems seems unlikely that they're going to blow through any performance barriers yeah i don't i don't think raptor lake is that different from we'll have gordon soon right yeah i think gordon's gonna come by next week is the is the plan i think the the early info is that i don't i don't think raptor is a huge huge like architectural change from alder well and 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 what cpu bound means is that the cpu is the bottleneck for most performance on this on on this gpu because the gpu is so massively overpowered for games this is why when people say, hey, this isn't for people who play games, this is what they mean. Mm-hmm. Um, it only really makes sense if you're gaming, if you're playing games at 4K. If you're competitive at 1440, like NVIDIA made a case that they think that competitive gamers are going to move from 1080p to 1440. And and by competitive, I mean, I don't mean like, yo, I play Call of Duty every night. I mean, like I'm on an esports team and I play for money and stuff like that. Um, I, I I'm skeptical of that. Because 1080 has a lot of benefits, both for people who are playing and streaming um, and also like frame dips are 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 death in a competitive shooter where you where like flicks or pixel precision matter. Um, So my guess is that people are going to go for higher frame rate versus 
slightly more resolution and and lower frame rate. Here's um, a here's like a sidebar. Do you think anybody in the esports world is using any kind of reconstruction DLSS, you know, AMD FSR, like like, or or do they do they only want native resolution because they can't afford any like wayward artifacts, pixel artifacts from the reconstruction? Like they only want native rendering. So that is a really good question. I actually don't have any idea what the answer to that is. I know of the competitive games, I don't think. Um, I I think actually Call of Duty supports DLSS to. I think Apex supports call uh, DLSS too. Yeah, I, would I don't know what does. like the CPU, the CPU bound stuff like Counter Strike and Fortnite and and uh, those games mostly flipped on Reflex. So I'm I'm wondering. I don't I don't know what I don't know what their what the thought is on DLSS and competitive games. I'd love to hear what people know if there's if there's word out there on that. Yeah, I mean the, the use case to me is like trying to land a sniper rifle headshot from a very long distance where the head you're aiming at is probably only a few pixels high. So my experience playing Fortnite with DLSS on is that DLSS doesn't the artifacting in DLSS doesn't impact players. It impacts scenery that's moving around you. Hmm. So things like chain link fences and and uh, stuff with uh, like that kind of pattern is where the artifacting pops up, not necessarily on stuff with high contrast, like a person standing on a ridge line or something like that. Um, But I am definitely not an expert on that. Uh, It it so it really only makes sense of 4K. Uh, that said, everything I tested at 1080p basically gave me double the performance of a 3080 Ti uh, okay. in both ray, ray tracing and raster benchmarks. Double, double. Really? And when you turn, that's without turning DLSS on. When you turn DLSS on, you're looking at four times Jeez. the performance in a lot of cases for, for ray tracing as well. For ray tracing as damn, well. So, man, I was playing. I was able to play side. So there's a beta. So okay, full, first off, disclosure. Everything that I'm talking about testing was on a beta branch that was set up by NVIDIA for this because the DLSS three implementations aren't in shipping products yet. Branch of drivers or on games? Steam, non Steam. So oh. we were using pre-release drivers provided as part of the review kits. And we were all of these all of these games, including Cyberpunk, uh, Plague Tale, Requiem, Flight Sim and F1 2022 or F1 22 rather we're all uh, tested with beta branches. So, okay. so presumably DLSS three will be coming in the not too distant future is not a shipping on anything. As far as I can tell yet. Um, DLSS, DLSS three fucking kicks ass. Okay. That's interesting to hear. Cause I have seen a lot of skepticism out there and I don't necessarily disagree about the frame insertion in particular. I'm going to tell you, I can't tell a difference. Okay. I am not super sensitive to, um, artifacting generally, but I do notice DLSS artifacts in DLSS two games where you have like noise around chain link fences and stuff like that. Yeah. I, um, I think in my case, and I think for most people, it's more latency that was the concern with frame insertion. So the latency, the thing I will tell you is that even when the DLSS three stuff doesn't improve the frame rate as dramatically as it doesn't say cyberpunk at 1080p, you're still seeing an enormous reduction in micro stutters. Okay. So they target the 1%. So there's something Nvidia started paying attention to a few years ago uh, when they prior to reflex coming out, but around that time, which is like, what's the, what frame rate, what's the average frame rate for the slowest 1% of frames. And, and that's a pretty good, like if there's a big Delta between that and your average frame rate, that's a pretty good indicator that you have a lot of micro stutters. Um, so 
what the DLSS three stuff does is smooths out those 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 slowest one percent of frames and brings them back up closer to the mean, which which makes the whole game feel really really buttery smooth in a way that is difficult to like it doesn't necessarily show in benchmarks. The tools that we typically use to benchmark don't register those inserted frames because they happen at a, later in the pipeline than the benchmarks register frame rates, and you have to use some special tests special tools to 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 see the difference. But it feels noticeably different when you turn it on. Like that sounds pretty good. For example, cyberplunk, cyberpunk, <laughs> oh, cyberplunk. Oh no, it's no, it's cyberplunk from now it's on. Cyberplunk now. Um, when you're playing cyberplunk at at either 4K or 1080P with DLSS three on and the ray tracing turned all the way up, it felt like you were not. It, it felt smooth in a way that I've never felt a ray tracing game to play. I, I was going to say all of what you're describing, not even just DLSS three but even just the general perf over the 3080 ti like this is all sounding to me like the first time and maybe hopefully this is also the case with 4080s because the 4090 again is maybe not the card everybody's going to get but it's sounding like the first time that you might actually turn on ray tracing as just a matter of course and just say of course i'm going to play the ray tracing mode in this game Mm -hmm. and not worry about the performance hit because like they've just been on the cusp for a while of like 50 fps i can't quite do it it's almost there like if you could keep a locked 60 for example on a given card like okay i could do ray tracing but yeah when you're when you're dipping a little bit below that even with you know adaptive sync uh adaptive re- refresh and all that stuff like it's just not quite there so but, but if you're if you're getting into those numbers with ray tracing it's like oh yes i'll just use ray tracing then on on the i9 at 4k we i'd like the average frame rate in the benchmark was uh like mid 50s 52 50 something like that on on my test with the dlss3 turned on and on the performance setting okay um but it was solid and wait at what resolution at 4k oh okay so yeah i guess that, but, but but 4k with dlss3 is an internal resolution of like 1080p scaled up right, right so right. i guess i guess for me i'm not i'm not trying to play 4k anyway so that's right I, I don't know i don't wonder what the i wonder what the market segmentation is at this point how many people are actually trying to game at 4k i don't feel like 4k monitors are quite where they should be yet for me i mean the ones that are the ones so for me i would take higher refresh rate over 4k and to get 144 hertz 4k monitor you have to spend like 850 bucks right right now yeah pricing and also also like you know depends on the os but like ui scaling i feel like it's still also not quite there universally Mm, windows 11 is pretty like so i i my my setup is that i have a 4k monitor up top and a 1080p monitor down low I play games on the 1080p monitor most of the time, but occasionally I'll switch up for for something single player. Um, I, I'm pretty comfortable playing. Like I was comfortable playing Cyberpunk at 50 at, at the at the frame rate that I was getting because okay. it was stable and it wasn't up and down. Like because there weren't those micro stutters, yeah, that's it fair. felt a lot smoother than 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 it felt smoother than what I associate a 50 frame per second average feels like. Okay, and just again to reiterate because I don't have the numbers in front of me, this was at 4K with DLSS three. With right. DLSS so three, definitely and ray not tracing native. cranked up all the way. Okay, so not native 4K, not native 4K. I I don't think anything ray tracing is going to rent native 4K yeah. for the time being. Yeah. Um. So, the 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 takeaway. Um. So okay. So there were one, two, three, four, five, f- four or five titles supported. Some tech demos supported, and a Korean RPG or a Ch- Chinese. Uh, MMORPG, I think, was the was the fifth was was the last game that was in the hey we have we can we can help you figure out how to test this stuff. The 
my assumption is that the number of titles that support DLSS three will explode uh, in the same way that the DLSS support has exploded because the plugin as a developer is relatively simple to implement. You basically it's a it's drop in for Unreal and Unity and you, like you generally don't have to do too much work to make get it up and running. I think like when we put it in the Anacrusis, it was a half day work for an engineer and then a little Ow. bit of testing and tuning. Jeez, that's pretty fast. And yeah. I, I assume I assume that it's just like three is a superset of two. Like it would just gracefully fall back or, or more to the point. You do the work once and it supports all versions based on the hardware. That's it. So if you have a if you have a if you use the DLSS three plugin and somebody's using two series or three series GPUs, they'll get DLSS two support. Um, it also DLSS three. We'll, we'll talk about how DLSS three works later on, but. Uh, it also that comes with reflex support now, basically because of some some because of the way the the uh, frame insertion works. So DLSS three the 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 short version of DLSS three is that it inserts frames uh, to fill in the the lowest frame rate gaps, um, and it makes the whole thing feel like you're you're running a lot faster. And in games that are like pure CPU bound game, like games like Flight Sim, you literally get a two x performance boost for turning on Jeez, DLSS three. That's that's pretty substantial. I mean, the concern you tell me, at least my concern is, you know, you're not you're not sampling input on artificially created frames, right? You're only, you're only sampling input for native frames. And so that seemed like it might cause some kind of weirdness with just feel control feel that you seem to. I, I didn't notice it. I okay. didn't play as much flight sim, which is a lower frame rate game in stuff like, like, um, like playing cyberpunk with a gamepad or with a mouse and keyboard. I didn't notice any, any like input lag partly because of like part. And part of the reason is they use the reflex. No, no screen buffer uh, technology to make it like to reduce latency on the, on the pipeline end as, as the CPU is feeding the, the video card. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a trip. Like the whole thing is a trip. It's really weird talking about this card because like it's a really, really fast card. I don't know that any hardware exists right now that can take full advantage of this card in games. Unless like if you're playing at 8k, I guess, I don't know how many 8k <laughs> monitors are available. It seems like not many. Is there a game on the market that has built-in support for running at 8k? Um, I mean, I think everything will run. I think you can set the resolution. It's just, it's just, it'll, the games will just pull if they're set up right. Oh. We'll just pull the, well, it's very game dependent. Some of them are artificially constrained. Some of them, I don't feel like a lot of games just pull from available OS resolutions at this point, do they? I feel like they they mostly they have a, a subset of resolutions they support uh, out of that pulled list. But I I don't know the the I I'm sorry I found a page on Nvidia support. Oh, entitled recommended 8K? 8K titles. I bet Watchdogs Legion is on there. Um, is it? No, it is not. Mm. Doom Eternal, Apex Legends, Control. Uh, Genshin Impact, Warframe, Smite, Left for Left for Dead Two. The Left for Dead Two will support every resolution. When you pull down Source Engine games, it gives you every resolution that the that the um, the computer supports that Windows reports. I want to play World of Warcraft Classic at 8K? God, um, go back to my 2004 self and say, just look at this. Just put four 4K uh, TVs in a quad and then frame combine those, and you're good to go. Uh, the the like, I think even with new CPUs, raster games with these cards are going to be CPU bound. I, I, I um, uh, through a comedy of errors, uh, I had some 12th gen Intel hardware lined up to test with, and it just hasn't gotten here in time. So 
unfortunately, uh, all of my testing was with the i9, which I think is actually kind of interesting because like the i9 that I built was a was a 2080 Ti machine, I think, originally. And like if you're like that, that's where the upgrade sweet spot is for this, I think. Like if you're if you're looking at these cards, if you're looking to upgrade your 2000 series or 1000 series NVIDIA cards, this is the generation you want to jump to. Right. Because there's actually going to be substantial performance improvements. The DLSS three stuff is presumably going to kick down to the to the lower end cards from the 4090. So it'll work the same way. Um, and and frankly, this card is kind of a pain in the ass. Like it is a uses an enormous amount of power. I think it's TDP is 450 something watts. Yes, that's correct. Um, um, something they said in the I don't know if you can speak to this or not. I think other reviewers have tested this that they said in those sessions we were in that they have uh, worked to eliminate transient spikes on the power draw. I am not because set up to test pa- transient spikes on the power okay. draw because like the 30, the, the 30 series cards were real bad about exceeding TDP by a lot. Yeah. Uh, to the point that it's for, know, for instantaneous spikes, yes, basically yes. Yeah. Just, just very short, but it doesn't matter how short it is. It's, it's uh, if it's enough to put too much load on the power supply, then you're screwed. So. It's, it's why they started shipping 3080 TIs with three, uh, with three uh, or four uh, um, PCI express connectors. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't. I, so the people that I trust that did reviews did not find that it was doing the transient spikes. I, I didn't yeah, see anything I, that would indicate that. I haven't looked too closely at other reviews, but the chatter I saw was that that stuff has gotten smoothed out quite a bit, which is it, good. It seems to be resolved. It also is entirely possible that we're not hitting that. No one is able to put a full load on this thing. That does actually seem possible. Um, <laughs> now that you mention it, um, the the the. Um, the min spec for PC PSUs is 850 Watts. If you yeah. have a, if you have a big Intel CPU, I'm going to say you probably want a thousand Watts just to be safe. Boy, I, as someone who just bought a power supply, like two, three months ago, I originally bought an 850 watt and B H shipped me an open box, which I sent back. And mm-hmm. because they didn't have another 850 watt in stock, I bought a thousand. And now I'm feeling like even, even that thousand was maybe lowballing it. I think I think the thousand is safe, like the, the theoretical maximum that you're going to pull from a 15 amp 120 volt circuit in the US is 1600 watts. Yeah. And like that's going to reduce by 20 percent because of the kind of overhead and heat and stuff like that. But sure. Um, well, the other thing I'm, I'm guessing you're not living this life yet. Right. But I, I am pretty committed to an undervolting hardware at this point. I am not doing that on the current machine, but I think if I build a Ryzen next, that's probably in my future. I mean, they built that right into the BIOS on the, yeah. on the new Ryzen's have that eco mode where you can just straight up say like, hey, run this at 65 watts because it's still going to get you almost all the like it's crazy. This race to the top that we've been seeing across both CPUs and GPUs is like kind of unfortunate because I don't have the exact numbers, but a little bit of the review stuff I was looking at, it seems like they're just they're pumping triple digit Watts into these cards to achieve an extra like three to 5% just for benchmark purposes. Uh huh. And like, who needs that? That's the game, man. Who needs that? Well, so I mean, maybe this is my work from home talking, my small business owner talking that I have to pay for all of the electricity for my work myself. Now <laughs> trying to keep it somewhat sensible. It turns out that your power bill goes way up when you work from home and have a giant ass PC that it you sure play does. games and work on all day. Um, the the thing that's the thing that's interesting about that though is that I think that the that the more than overclocking the GPU on this go round, being able to overclock the CPU and memory system memory are probably going to be the 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 performance bottlenecks on on these cards at least for for the current gen hardware. 
just in terms of being able to feed the card fast enough. Like if you want the card to run it, like if you want to get better performance out of a machine that has one of these cards, you're probably going to be better off up, uh, overclocking your CPU and your RAM than overclocking the GPU. Um, the, the card's a big chonky boy. Yeah, I wanted to ask about physical installation as well. It's three slots wide um, instead of two, which is which is different than the the 3090s were two slots wide, but they were very long and very kind of tall. When you say or, wide, you mean tall? No, I mean, it's three like it, it fills three slots. That's not that's vertical. <laughs> well, but I'm being very pedantic here. Yeah, no, I mean, it's three. The width is how many slots it takes up in the in the case. Mm. The height is how far it is from the motherboard. I, I know. I mean, in the tower, Just because case. you're living in a tower world doesn't mean that that's Wait, the way the world works. Who's not using a tower car? Or yeah, but, but anyway, OK, so it's it's not as it's it is shorter than the 3090s by oh. like it oh. fits in an H510 which the 3090s theoretically don't. Oh, that is the opposite of what I expected to hear, because usually well, length length is usually the real problem, right? Because people have got drive cages in various cases and stuff like that's usually the thing that stops you from installing a, a gigantic car. Yeah, it's that's not a problem. If it, it fit in my H510 nicely, huh. I was kind of surprised. I had to I, had, I did turn up the amount of uh, air that comes in on the intakes on both the front and the and the side, though. And the, the, the top. Uh, it's probably too early to ask about SAG. I oh he's rolling under the desk. I'm looking. It it hasn't. Uh, our friend of friend of the pod uh, wedge asked about this the other day, and I have not seen any sagging yet. I do not have anything bracing it, but I think that's probably, I think that's probably in the future. I mean, that's or straight alternately, up. I'll, I'll do a vertical install. Yeah, that's that's straight up a product category now. You can just get PCIe slot bracers for fifteen bucks to hold Goofy. up your goddamn 20 pound graphics card yeah it's it's like the case the box and stuff for it is ridiculous it comes in like this big ridiculous unfolding presentation case that has like it's mounted diagonally in between this big cube so it takes up like three times as much space as, as a box than you need huh. um I, any I, any any differences in the cooler i mean it's it's pretty much the same as the ampere cards right it's the blow through cooler with the v cut out on the on the actual card and and like fans on both sides one blowing through and one blowing across um, or one blowing out. I, I, um, the cooler seems quieter. The, the, the 3090 TI, 3080 TI founders edition cards were not particularly loud. Like even under full load, it didn't, it didn't blow that hard. Um, so this, this seems comparable to me. I mean, under the desk, I don't hear it. Even when I'm playing a ray trace game at, at, at full bore. Any, um, um since we're talking about card form factors before we move on, any thoughts about the AIB cards that I assume you've seen photos of out there? The big, the big third party ones. Have you seen, have you seen that Asus one in particular, the side by side with the founders edition that is like three times the size? It is really big. What is it at? How do, who has a case that could fit that? I mean, full towers, man. I even people people do full towers. That thing is, it is terrifying. I I was going to say, so the other thing about this is that there's a new power connector. Yeah, that's another thing that like, I mean, it's not a big deal, but they went and announced that PCIe 5 power connector like the f- fucking month after I, I take that back. I, I went back and looked. They announced that connector in like February. Yeah. But Seasonic went and announced a new model of power supply with that connector on it like a week after I bought my new power supply. Well, I mean, so if you have a modular supply, it's not a big deal. Yeah, you can get not. a modular connector from your from your vendor. Like Corsair is already already has one listed. They, yeah. they I don't think they're shipping them yet. It's what is it? Twelve pin? I want to say it's. 
I, I, I actually don't remember this. It, the thing is it's smart. So it has load, it has power oh. load monitoring that comes back into the power supply. And that's built into the spec. And that's built into the spec. Oh, wow. That's crazy. I didn't know about that. Um, the, the one Nvidia ships an adapter with the card that plugs into four standard PCIe power connectors, you know, the, the four, four, the, the eight pin, there's a, the, the eight pin one. It's the standard eight pin one. Um, it's a, but it's annoying because they literally just rolled out a new power connector in the last generation that immediately yeah. was no longer sufficient for this yes. thing. Like I, I went and got, I mean, it was free. It was free from my power supply vendor, but I went and got a, one of those 1210 adapters yep. for, I assumed that was the new NVIDIA connector of Me record too. for some generations to come and used it for one. It's fine. It's fine. I, I spent money on a cable. I regret it. Um, so, okay. Is it worth buying? We said this before. It's 16. The founder's edition is 1600 bucks. The add-in boards are even more expensive in a lot of cases. Yeah. This is profoundly not a card that is for people who play games. Yeah. At least I not mean, stuff that's currently available. Maybe not, if you really are into ray traced games. Sure. Sure. I mean, I'm, I'm not sitting here running the numbers. It sounds like for like performance per dollar is pretty damn good on this thing compared to the previous generation. But it, I, the bigger question is, do you need that much performance? Well, and it sounds like most people don't. I was going to say there, there's a couple of gotchas. The card only supports display point 1.4 display port 1.4, yes. which gives you like 8K. Uh, at 60 hertz is or anything over anything over 4k is going to be a 60 hertz refresh rate that's you know without compression i'm, I'm not sweating that so much i mean there, I, I went and looked i couldn't find display port 2.0 monitors on the market right now it seems like it probably matters more for like high-end vr headsets sure because they actually high refresh rates high resolution pan, multiple panels will do more bandwidth than an than like a 4k at 144 hertz monitor are there vr headsets plugging into displayport pimax and yeah some of them are yes oh wow the 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 index plugs into most of the, most of the pc except for the windows uh windows mixed reality headsets most of them are deep displayport oh I, man it tells you how long it's been since i saw a new headset in person yeah um they uh it's a it's a problem for the future. It feels like an emission on a on a card that's the like top of the line, super expensive. Especially since I think AMD is chipping DisplayPort 2.0. Yeah, I can, I can see it. I can see it. Um, the the big question I have after this whole thing is like, why is Nvidia not leading with the more reasonably priced cards, and why why are they kicking the big boy out first? Yeah, I do we need I have, to I have run, some theories. We can we theory need to run those down. This. Hmm? I mean, do we need to run those down? Because like they're they announced three SKUs. I'm sure everybody knows at this point there are two 4080s, which I think it's the first time that's ever happened at launch. I mean, they've they've so there's always been variation in the 4080s because the AIB partners will like clock the memory differently and stuff like oh, that. Yeah, sure, but I mean, I mean, coming straight from Nvidia, although Nvidia selling its own cards is in and of itself a relatively new phenomenon. So that's I mean, recent generations. You and know. also, like this sure does dovetail with that EVGA episode we did. A few weeks ago. What a weird coincidence that that these founders edition cards for the ADA generation are quite nice. And then you've got this like monstrosity coming from a major third party partner. You know what I mean? Like, where are we headed with this? Like, are we actually going to get to the point where are they just going to buy up a couple of AIBs and just start selling all the cards themselves? I don't think they need to buy the AIBs. 
Well, no, but then they have to do all the work to establish the supply chain themselves is what I'm saying. I but, think they're probably I think they've been gradually working toward that this whole time. They I don't well know. Be, I, just, I think you know, that's why EBGA bailed out of the market, probably buying, in the in retrospect. Well, sure. But, you know, by buying a couple of partners with established assembly lines certainly speeds that process. Maybe. Um so yeah, the the two forty eighties are the only other cards that they've announced. They're not they're not going to be available until late this year or early next year. I think uh, um, those come out next month. No, no, okay, but I mean, realistically, realistically, you're you not going to get them until next year. Uh, I wonder if you could. Well, yeah, let me so, see, hang on. So forty nineties sold out pretty fast. They yeah, went was, on sale two days ago. I was going to see, and uh, like even the local screwdriver shops don't have the usually central computer would have something in stock, and they just mark it up real high. Yeah, they they didn't have anything. 40, 40, 90 ish in stock that I saw this morning or yesterday, you um, think, but, th- um, but they didn't sell out instantly. Like they, yeah. you could, you could go to micro center and get one at the end of the day on Wednesday. In some places I, I, I like friend of the stream JP did that, I believe. Oh, interesting. Um, he also is the only streamer I know who plays games at 4k. So <laughs> sure. Um, he's, he's a tech guy for sure. Yeah. So um, like he's, he's, he's living large right now. Uh, were you not in the rarefied position to be getting a video card straight from NVIDIA? Yeah. Like if you were out there buying one, do you think you'd be at the point yet where it would be founder's edition or nothing? Would you be like trying to get that one because it's the. I the I, I tend to value reliability over other things. Yeah. So I would probably do the, I mean, look, the founder's edition cards have had problems. I want to say the thousand series founder's edition cards had issues where they had to, they had to, uh, were, there, uh, were there a thousand series? I thought, I thought maybe it was 2000. Like, the, fir- the first couple of generations of founders editions cards, both had defects that required them to fix. Interesting. Um, I've not, not got like, a, not like massive soup. It wasn't like everything. It wasn't like an Xbox 360 where yeah. everything died. Eventually it was like yeah. a large, some, some noticeably large percentage had failures. Okay. I've got a, I've still, I'm still using a founder, a launch founders edition 3080 and it's, seems to have held up. I don't know of any widespread. I would expect that to be fine. Any any widespread issues with that generation? Yeah, I would be I just, shocked I'd, if that had I'm problems. Just, I'm fascinated by this transition that appears to be going on where Nvidia seems to be trying to wrest more control of the market from its partners. I mean, it it's a it's a weird situation. Okay, so that that's a good segue though cuz like I think that that's one of the reasons that I think they launched with the like I've, I've been thinking about this. Like, this is the thing I've been thinking about a lot. It's why did they lead with the 4090? Cause like leading with the $1,600 card is going to piss off a lot of people. They're not going to sell a massive volume in this, but the margin on this card is probably pretty good. It, I don't understand. Like they usually lead with the lower priced cards because that's where the fat part of the market is. And they want to get those out as soon as possible. So they didn't launch with either. They still have a lot of 3080s in the supply chain and they don't want to hose all the ad and board partners and have to buy back a bunch of chips or, or bail people out or whatever, which is, I think, probably part of it. Right. Because everybody overproduced 3080s because of the the crypto glut. And then when Ethereum switched to proof of proof of stake rather than proof of work, the market for high end GPUs to do crypto shit evaporated overnight. I. Like I, one of the things that you and I had talked about before that I've kind of theorized is that maybe the 4080 will actually be faster because they're, you know, they're clocking things higher, uh, clocking CPU and memory higher because they're, they're, you know, the, the 4090, the 90 series cards are typically about width and not speed. So it's about doing massive parallel math, maybe at at a slightly slower speed. So it's the equivalent of having, you know, 32 cores in your CPU that run at, at 
75% of the speed versus having 16 cores in your CPU that run at a hundred percent of the speed. Right. I don't think looking at the specs on paper, assuming they ship the, the specs that they told us, I don't think that's the case because the 4080 is, um, has reduced both RT and raster workload performance based on stuff like the tensor and RT cores, the number of tensor and RT cores for ray tracing workloads and, and the, uh, memory bandwidth and texel fill rates and pixel fill rates based on the the specs that they gave. Um, I think it's it's possible maybe that DLSS three is good enough that it makes the low end cards too good. Mm. So like if these cards, even at the lower specs, are still CPU bound on all existing hardware, most existing hardware, then DLSS three comes into play, and that all of a sudden means that you're going to see the same performance, roughly the same performance on the same CPU out of all the ray tracing benchmarks, which is great for people who are buying lower end cards, but doesn't make this card look particularly appetizing uh-huh. at $1,600. Okay. That sounds like a plausible reason to put this thing out and nothing else next to it. Yeah. For and a then, month and try to sell these while you can before people realize, Oh, I should just get one of those. The other, the other options are that it's competitive stuff. So mm-hmm. maybe AMD and Intel, maybe they were worried about either what AMD or Intel are. I mean, Intel is launching G- new GPUs for the first time in 10 years. Yes. 15 years. AMD has new hardware coming. Maybe they were worried that they're not going to be either won't be competitive at one of the price points or just wanted to cut the, the knees out from under whatever those offerings are, which yeah, is a very NVIDIA move. Hard to read the tea leaves right now. Like it sounds like our DNA three is going to be pretty competitive in everything except maybe ray tracing. Yeah, but and. And ray tracing is really a tricky spot right now because there's what a half dozen, uh, half dozen games that are coming out right that are ray traced games probably this year. I think we're going to start to see more as it as Unreal Engine five games start to start to ship later this year. Probably not late, wrong. Sorry, later in 2023, not later in 2022. Do you agree that the consoles launching when they did is probably going to hamstring ray tracing adoption for kind of the entirety of this generation? I mean, those consoles barely do ray tracing at all. I and- think it. And my my feeling since like the 360 era is that um, kind of graphics and tech features largely trickle down from the consoles because that's where the mass market is. I mean, like, obviously you can do extra work on your PC ports, but the core of your pipeline of your like asset pipeline tech, everything is going to be kind of in a cross platform game is going to be defined by the lowest common denominator that sells the most. Right. I think the gate is if the current gen PS5 and Xbox series are fast enough to run global illumination that's stuff versus exactly versus the doing. pre-rendered lighting. So my 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 gut feeling is they are not. I don't know. I think it's going to require I think I think I think that we're going to see a fairly typical console adoption curve on that stuff cuz it's going to require it's like so global illumination instead of using pre-rendered light maps to light the vast majority of the map and having a handful of dynamic map lights in the map, you just basically do everything dynamically and yeah, have have base lighting for the whole level established. It's essentially using ray tracing for your entire generalized lighting model. And kind I, of. And I don't think I, I could be wrong. Maybe as maybe as development matures on the new console hardware, they'll get there. But the early indications were that that performance is not strong. Well, it requires you starting the game. Like if you're doing a game that takes place entirely outside, it's less of a problem because the sun is a fairly fixed fixed lighting source and it's and there's you're dealing with a base level of brightness this is why like call of duty is able to put shadows on in ray tracing it doesn't really impact performance all that much right i i i think it's my guess is somebody's going to figure something out 
And but but in order to do that, you're going to have to start the game with, hey, this is a global illumination game from day one. And then every choice that you make is based on that and the performance you're going to get on that because it's going to change everything, every aspect of the art creation throughout the entire process of making the game. That's entirely possible. Yeah, like we we might very well see the Doom three of these consoles in terms Mm -hmm. of like a game that just pushes the state of the art forward in a dramatic way. Yeah, it's it's not it's not the thing about the thing about global changing your lighting model like that is it's not like I said, DLSS was a half half day work for an engineer and then a little bit of testing global switching to global illumination requires a complete redo of your art pipeline and and your your rendering pipeline for the game. So yeah. it is it is a it is a foundational decision that you make at the start of a project, not something you tack on at the end. Right. Also, I think like like UE5 is throws a whole wrench into this thing, right? Because Lumen is not ray tracing based at all. Lumen is buck wild and it's it changed. Yeah, it's who knows what like Lumen is weirdly CPU based. Right. Like there's there's a bunch of weird choices there. So yeah. um and then the last the last thought is that if it's if it's not competitiveness, it's not that DLSS is too good and the perf on the lower end cards will be too good. If it's not that there's too many 3080s, it's that they think that there's pent up demand because people haven't been able to buy GPUs and they can, you know, hit people for sixteen hundred dollar, a bunch of sixteen hundred dollar cards because that's what you were paying for a 3080 like six months ago. Yeah. Um. And and if like if that was your choice, if you if you want to spend sixteen hundred dollars on a video card and you waited to buy a thirty eighty and you're buying this, you did pretty well because this card fucking rips compared to a thirty eighty. Sure. Um, any thoughts on the two forty eighty SKUs having different GPUs on them? I mean, like by by product code, they are eighty one hundred three and eighty one hundred two. And when you when you have two different cards, they're both called forty eighty and on the box, the only distinguishing factor is the amount of RAM. You kind of assume like, oh, this is probably the same card otherwise, but that is extremely not the case. So remember when we talked about, um, okay, I, A, I think we'll find out when benchmarks land. Yeah. Like there's a little bit of a dip in in RT cores between the 12 gig and the 16 gig model. Mm-hmm. Oh, hold on. I forgot one other person. If you do video editing and you're working with AV1 especially, this card is a no brainer. Yeah. Or, or even streaming to Twitch. I really wish I had jumped in and asked them in those editor sessions because they spent quite a bit of time talking about how great AV1 was going to be for streaming. There's no support on Twitch yet and, for and AV1. Nobody, and nobody supports AV1 ingest yet. Nobody I mean, supports anything but H.264 still. And o- OBS doesn't support output yet. So like um, the beta support is, is out now, I think, but it's not in mainline until later oh, this year. Is that is that right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, so, but also, um, the arc cards support AV1 encoding, like, so do the, the new AMD cards that are coming, like everything that's coming out this year. If you buy any of those cards, I believe, unless maybe some of the low end models don't have it, but it yeah. sounds like, it sounds like the industry finally is moving on to a new codec. But we're, it's it time. Like this is, yeah, it's way past time. Yeah. Uh, I found, I found, I guess I won't name and shame. I found a test stream on Twitch. Uh, the person who owns the channel is one of Twitch's like top video engineering, video codec engineers. I mean, it says it right in his bio. He's like, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm Twitch's video codec guy. Yeah. And it's an AV one stream. (gasps) It's from like two years ago. It's just sitting there. Well, that's not, no, no, it's fucking, he he gets to keep stuff for two years. I guess so. I'm sure, I'm sure there are some, probably some special flags enabled on this account, but like the, the archive of the stream is sitting there and you can go into the settings on this stream and he plays like call of duty and Fortnite and, Apex and maybe one or two other things. Tomb Raider, I think. But you can go into the settings and like in the typical settings pop up on, on the Twitch player, 
There are settings like um, 1440p 120 AV1. Wow. So you can go see this. So the player's test. there. They just yeah, don't have the yes. code. They don't have the, the transcode back end for yes, it, I bet, the, yet. The player supports it. You can go, but you can, you can, you can get a sense of what it's going to be like because you can go watch a 1440p 120 stream and mm-hmm. it looks pretty damn good for Twitch bit rates. Well, so th- that's the, the, the benefit of AV1 is that you get about, it's about 40% more efficient um, and it's not encumbered by patents. So you can use it without having to pay anybody. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, so the upshot is you get 1440p at current 1080p bit rates and uh, equivalent image quality, or you do 1080p with much higher IQ at the current bit rates. Like massively better Which quality. sounds great. Yes. I'm, I'm all for that. Yes. Um, okay. So we were talking about whether you should buy this. Um, like it, it's a weird, it's a weird card. I, 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 before I spent $1,600 on this, I would wait to see what the, what the 4080s look like, honestly, yes, for sure. Uh, cause the 4080 price points, even with the, with the weirdness of the two different dies. So that you'd asked about the two different dies. It's weird to have the two different dies with different numbers of shader cores and tensor cores and stuff like that. Um, cause this is essentially the segmentation you'd normally seen, but see between either, either a 4080 and a TI or a 4080 and a 4070. I don't know which direction that's going here, but like, which, which, which version of that do you think this is? Well, usually the TI is a mid, is a mid cycle bump. Oh, I know. Yeah. Um, my guess is that this would be the 4070 and the 4080, but it also may be that at the resolutions people play games at, there's no difference in perf with the changes in these dies. So this may be a binning issue where they're just like, where if they're having yield problems and there's a certain number of RT cores or whatever per die that don't work, they just shut those off and they sell it as the 12 gig part. My guess is that this 12 gig, 16 gig segmentation is, has to do with memory controllers. And um, this is probably the reason EVGA isn't building these cards. Interesting. Because it no longer, it doesn't give them the ability to t- change memory configuration. Um, and the, the fact that they're on GDDR six and there's not a lot of overhead beyond what they're shipping on the founders editions means that they can't make a better card. They couldn't sure. make a better card, you know? So, so presumably if they're building a, um, one of an eighty one Oh four, which is the 12 gig 4080 die, they can't make a 16 gig version of that because of the way the memory controllers work. Yes. Uh, one two, is the 12 gig 4080. Oh, see, it's, no, 8102 is the 4090. 8104 oh, is the 4080. This, this image you put in the show notes is so scrunched. That it's that backwards and small. Like yeah. a nine. I was trying right. to, okay, these numbers are very hard to read. Yeah, no, um, it's all good. Um, I had, one of the things I thought was the most interesting in the presentation that we sat in on was that they went out of their way to emphasize that the 3080 is going to remain part of their product offering. And my guess is that the 3080 is going to be the, the, the 4070 equivalent for the current run. That's exactly what it, yeah. that's, that's how that read to me. And, like and again, a, that's largely probably because they overproduced so many and they need to sell them, but, but also, yeah. but it's, it's still notable because I don't think they've ever done that before. Right. Don't they, they typically do the Apple style clean sweep of the old product line and just say, okay, here's all the new cards. The old ones are going to sell through and then they're gone, but the, they were, they very much seem to be emphasizing, you know, the. Low end 4080 is 900. Some, somebody and, asked in the QA, Q&A um, whether they were still producing 3080s, and they did not answer that. So that, that I think that's the real key is, is, yeah. is not do they have a glut of cards they need to sell through. It's are they going to keep making them and keep that in the product line? Because, again, so the low end 4080 is 900, and I want to say the 3080 is, what, still seven? 
the I'm 38 to, they did they, did they didn't give 3080 pricing yeah, updated 3080 it's, pricing in the new regime it's hard to find it's hard to find msrp because prices are so all over the place for cards right now i think They're, most of the 3080s i'm seeing are around 700 750 I, I, 760 I would but, guess that when the 4080s come out, the 3080s will drop to five to six hundred dollars. Right. But but again, like they're going to continue to be available for a while. And like those are not those are still perfectly fine cards for 1080 or 1440. Well, so here's the thing, though. I don't know that like I would I want to see what DLSS three performance looks like on these other things. I want to see how many games support it in the next three to six months. Um, oh, I, for sure. For sure. Like I, if, I, I just mean like a, a $900 card is not exactly entry level for a lot of people. No. And I, I think if you can get a 30, like, I think if you can get a 4070 with DLSS three and it performs the same way that it does on the 4090, like that, that it, it's much better to spend 600 bucks on that than 600 bucks on a, on a last gen card. Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, that, that relies on the existence of a 4070 though. Um, that, that's what I was getting at is there's just not that much room in the pricing strata right yeah. now. There, there's nowhere. There's nowhere for a 4070 to slot pricing wise between the low end 4080 and a 3080. Well, I think at some point, I, th- I think my assumption is that when the 3080s run out, that's when the 4070 will roll out. And, yeah, you're and probably t- right. Uh, typically, the 3070 is is a the 70 series cards are a little bit later. So yeah. Um. So that that's the kind of the TLDR. Do you want to dig into some of the hardcore, like the more sp- the more detailed stuff on how these cards actually work? Because there's a, sure. they did some neat stuff. Yeah. Um, it's on the four nanometer TSMC process, which I thought was interesting, which is why the the cards are faster and run the same temperature, um, as, as the old, as the old cards, um, the, the, they updated the RT cores, the ray tracing cores. Mm-hmm. So they have roughly two X, the triangle of Al power, which means they can, the, like, that's the number of bounces they can evaluate on triangles per cycle. Yeah. Um, I'm sitting here trying to read through these notes I wrote down at six in the morning about <laughs> about these GPUs and trying to make sense of them. Well, so they're they're um, the upshot of the triangle valve power is that they're two two x faster at the raw ray tracing math, and then they did some other stuff like there's dedicated hardware on the board that kind of tessellates high complexity models down to lower complexity models for the lighting calculations, the ray yeah. tracing lighting calculations. Yeah, it's basically the same stuff they've been doing with raster rendering yeah. for two, 20 years or whatever it's it's like they they res it down and then they do the math on the lighting and then they res it back up and they apply the lighting math to the to the uprezzed uh uprezzed triangles and the results are indistinguishable from running the math on the on the, the you full, know on the the full, the full ones at a fraction yeah. of the frame rate yeah they've also um, done some reordering with the way that the, the ray bounces are processed because they, they basically said in the old model certain units were kind of sitting semi idle. Uh, yeah. Because of the unpredictable and and variable way that scenes are kind of laid out. Yeah. So I think they specifically mentioned brushed metal in one of the white papers, like brushed metal surfaces are computationally expensive for ray tracing to, to figure out. Right. Uh, Cause there's a diffusion and reflection there. And um, so this, when you hit a brushed metal surface, it'll, it'll shift load from one core to the other yeah. to kind of like balance that out. It's basically just trying to make sure all the units are working efficiently at all times. Yeah. And then they also added dedicated hardware to handle opacity better in ray tracing workloads. Uh, and the specific examples here were like leaves. So um, previously foliage was computationally really expensive on two series cards. And, and they'll say, they said, you'll see some substantial performance increase in areas where that comes into play. Yeah. 
Check those those sessions are fun to sit in on just if you want to get a sense of what's going on internally and how they're able to claim things like 2x the ray tracing performance. I mean, they don't matter much to people who just want to buy a card and run games faster, but it's it's really interesting from an academic standpoint. It's absolutely nuts. Yeah. The, like the 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 level of detail, like when you look at a 30 page digital foundry article or, or a 30 minute digital foundry video that goes into the detail about how every single aspect of this work works. This is, this is where they share that information. You get to talk to a lot of engineers and ask questions and stuff, yeah. which is fun. Yes. Uh, we didn't mention, you mentioned earlier that, um, the cards are limited to display point display port 1.4. Yes. Uh, they're also PCI express four, not five, which somebody raised as a question. Uh, at the end of the session and their response was we're not even close to saturating PCIe 4. Yeah. For what it's worth. Which is which is interesting because like it seems like the CPU feeding the GPU is the a big like it seems like the CPU perf is the gate not the GPU perf for, uh, for once. Yeah. Um, let's see they we they did a deep dive into how DLSS 3 works. I spent a lot of time testing DLSS 3 stuff because it's, it's I think it's the most interesting part of this of this card oddly. Because like, hey, the ray tracing stuff is fast enough to really crank up the ray tracing settings on existing games is is a is a great place to start. But um, hey, all of your games will run at two times faster if the developers implement this new library is is pretty cool. Um, the way it works is by taking the lower res images and using motion vectors and depth maps to um, to look for motion. Like now, now there's a, a a different part of this whole thing that uses it's called an optical flow accelerator, and it uses it looks at motion differences between frames to generate vectors to do in between frames in, in like part of this works because the cards are really fast and you they know what's coming before you can see what's coming right so it'll put a frame in between two frames that are slower one is 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 running slower than it needs to and you get just a smoothed out uh smoothed out frame rate uh the the DLSS3 stuff only works on the 4000 series cards but like I said, it does fall back gracefully on the on the older cards. So 2000 and 3000 series cards will get DLSS to birth on it. Um, and uh, they they're trying to the, the whole point of this, like NVIDIA's quest to destroy micro stutter continues with this. I, I, I salute them. It is a bane. I, I will say from working on the Anacrusis when we found stuff that was doing like lots of draw calls, when we changed the materials on the horde enemies and stuff like that, the, the actual average frame rate increase was basically nothing, but the perceived frame rate increase was enormous, even on like Xbox series S and, and, and Xbox uh, one and stuff. Like yeah. That. I mean, it's like you were saying earlier, it's all about bringing up that 1% low. Yeah. Yeah. Cause even, even if you don't, even if you as a player don't notice that the, the that you're getting the stutters, you notice it in the smoothness of the motion when you're like moving your mouse across the scene and stuff like that. It drives me nuts. Like it is, it's way worse than just a, well, whatever. I mean, this is basically what we've already said, but like it's, it's, it's worse than a, just a consistently low frame rate to me. Yeah. Um, now the, the, this requires reflex. So you have to implement reflex for this to work because those frames skip the render queue. Um, and reflex lets everything skip the render reflex basically works by by working very closely with the cpu to make sure that the cpu is delivering new information to the gpu just in time for the frame to be rendered so there's no buffer which adds latency to the whole whole pipeline and is one of the places that micro stutter happens um so that's that the other the other big thing we touched on this a little bit is the and eighth gen nv ank encoder 
um, which adds AV1 support. And the 40, let's see, I think it's cards with greater than 12 gigs have two, 12 gigs or greater can do two AV1 streams at once. Yeah, they've they've got a uh, they've got a an NV Ink matrix on their site that has been around since the Turing cards that you can go look at that tells you literally every card they have and like how many codes, how many simultaneous encodes can this one do at, at, for a given codec? It's so, uh, it's pretty nifty. Yeah, um, I guess nobody implemented H two six five because it's encumbered by patents, right? Uh, yeah, if you listen to the VLC episode of the Foss Pod. Oh, interesting. You can, hear, you can hear Jean-Baptiste. Is that at fosspod.content.town? It is. Wow. Uh, you can talk, you hear him talk fairly bluntly about why nobody adopted H.265. I mean, I, so AV1 is more efficient than, than that codec also mm-hmm. on, on, on a technical level. It's not just a, a royalties situation, but it's largely a royalties situation. Um, so the AV1. I, I'm, I'm, dude, I'm so excited for fucking the world to move on. I mean, look, we've, we've had, our, my brain has filtered out H.264 artifacts for long enough. I'm ready to, to teach it some new artifacting. Yeah. Um, the, the AV1 stuff is like the other, um, like the other, other bits and pieces we've talked about are, um, it's not widely supported yet. Definitely not. But if you care at all about streaming, you want to buy hardware that can encode AV1 at this point. Yeah, it's weird because it's like it means I in a two piece stream setup, I'm going to be looking at, um, you know, a second, a second, another, another AV1 capable GPU, I guess. Well, that's why it's so great that every card launching this year has it. Like you can go pick up a mid range Intel Arc and and get AV1 for a stream machine. That is true. The um, I'm trying to see. I think that the Premiere update might have landed the other night. Uh, the the AI the stuff that I was using for AV1. Um, was early access, I believe, for mm. DaVinci. Um, also, to be clear, uh, as far as I know, the ARC cards use the same encoding engine as QuickSync on the Intel CPUs, and I believe that is also coming. If Wikipedia is to be believed, the next generation of Intel CPUs, not Raptor that's coming out right now. Okay. But next year, Meteor Lake will have AV1 hardware encode in QuickSync. Oh, that's interesting. So... Uh, I don't know where AMD is at with that stuff. I think AMD's hardware encoders have not been super well thought of. The quick sync, the quick sync quality is often not production level is my understanding, at least in the old mm. days. I don't know where it is now. I, th- I think it's better. Okay. My impression is it's decent now. Um, well then, okay. So then there's also, that's kind of the hardware. That's those are the big hardware beats. I mean, we can talk about number of cores, like the 4090 when you're looking at like shader cores um, it's almost double what the 4080 cards are going to have when they're available. The ray tracing cores are almost double again. It's like 113 for the big 4080 and 191 for the 4090 and 320 tensor teraflops. Um, which is, this, this is, this is maybe, sorry, this is, um, it like, it's bonkers. It's, 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 it's a, it's a big chunky card. Yeah. Um, the, the other stuff that they, they showed a bunch of other tech demos that I thought were kind of cool. Like the, like the, the modding tool, if we want to talk oh, about yeah, that yeah. a little bit. Um, I mean, you t- I think you I, talked about it on next lander. Oh, as I, well. I was going to say, I feel like I've gushed about that a lot already. Yeah. The RTX remix looks amazing and I am very excited to see what people do with that. It's not available yet, but it, it will work with every, with, with all, uh, RTX cards. I believe, I believe it goes into open beta next month. 
Yeah. Um, um, it has to be games with DX9 or DX8 fixed function pipelines. Hang on, hang on. Does the editor work on all RTX cards? I know, I know the the output, like a modded game, an RTX modded, sorry, an RTX remix modded game will run on any ray tracing capable card. But I don't know if the editor does. I think I'm going to look now. But I so um, you should explain what it is though first. Uh, it is a compatibility layer for getting DirectX 8 and 9 games running with a modern renderer that supports ray tracing and a bunch of other stuff. Um, it really is. A, there's a video you can go watch of this process, but it's really it's the way that you hook into the game that is, seems so magical to me. Because you literally run one of these old games and then run RTX Remix next to it and essentially kind of hit a capture button. It, it uh, grabs stuff from the pipeline, the right, graphics pipeline. Right. It, it basically peers into this rickety old rendering pipeline and sees what's going on and then inserts itself. Um, there's a, there's a slide I think that's in that uh, trailer that I'm talking about that basically shows like they're doing, I believe kind of dynamic. Uh, I don't know if it's like code recompilation or whatever, but you know what I mean? Like these are games that were written for hardware that is 20 years old at this point. It um, requires a GeForce RTX GPU to create RTX mods. Oh, okay. So any RTX. So any 2000 series card or newer will work. Oh, that's okay. That's great. Um, uh, they're uh, using D- it's not that it's super relevant. They're using DXVK for this, which you might know from Proton and some oh, other things. That's interesting. Like they're, they're basically, that's basically a DirectX to Vulkan translation layer. Is well, part, of, say, part of how they're achieving that. And the mods are playable on any hardware that can run Vulcan ray traced games. So that means it's not limited to NVIDIA stuff. It'll also work on AMD and presumably Intel hardware as well. And they, they made basically made it sound like these mods will plug in to an old game, just like any existing mod does. Like they, they essentially said like, Hey, these will be hosted on Nexus mods, just like the mods you're used to. Yeah. And mod DB as well. Um, Um, it's the, the demos were really cool. Cause, cause like the, Oh, and, and the assets pipe out in uh, USD format so right. you can you can edit them in pretty much any, like you, you don't need the normal pipeline of 30 tools to do this that right. uh, to do the upresing like uh so so i assume that means we'll see the half-life 2 yes for sure remaster uh sooner than it took the, the, I, I mean i guess the black mason people just rolled straight over to that right well it's so it watching them do a well, it's in that trailer. You can go watch it like watching them do the modifications themselves it seems like it's going to take a lot of work per scene yeah, there, there were some questions we didn't get to ask questions at the end of this, I don't think, because we had to roll to the next session. But I was curious if, you know, if they, they demoed this with Morrowind and I was curious if, you know, say you replace the chair, that's the chair in every fancy, fancy person's house in Morrowind. That, that, that's in that demo. They show you can replace assets globally. Oh, and it replaces so, globally. OK, yeah, cool. if, you, if you do the work on like a chair or a bowl or whatever, you can say, hey, replace this model across the entire game. But that's I'm, I'm talking more like like uh, bespoke light sources in a given scene have to be massaged quite a bit. Well, but, but I wonder if when you replace one, if you can replace like light sources globally. So if it's the same fixture in every house, if yeah, you can, probably, if you can probably. do that, there's, I mean, there'll be performance issues that come with that. I bet there's like that paper, that paper lamp they showed in there where it's like, Hey, we had to define a translucent paper material on this globe to make the light pass through. Like you could probably do that globally. I would assume. Yeah. Uh, the, I, I want to see mass effect. Are there, is, Ma- of, is Mass Effect all, fixed function, all, I guess, all right? Three, um, mm, that I don't know. They, all three Mass Effect games are DX9 on PC. I went and checked, but actually I don't know about, I don't know what the, what their use of shaders is. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I feel like they used shaders for, um, they used vertex shaders for a lot of stuff in that game, I think. I forgot that it also had to be a fixed function game. That, the, the, may, the that thing, may be more limiting. 
the thing is there's a lot of um there's a lot of there's a lot of vertex shaders in Xbox 360 era hardware but not a lot of pixel shaders so I don't mm-hmm. I don't know like we might just not see grass <laughs> um <laughs> but anyway it's it's I I, th- I think it's the most interesting it's this is the one of the more interesting demos that they've seen they've apparently done a whole version of Portal 1 yeah. um that'll be coming out soon uh that next is month. Ray Trace Portal 1 next month yes uh, I'm very excited to see see what this looks like because yeah, I think I, I haven't played Portal in a very long time. This seems like a very good reason. It's short, you know. Yeah, it's like a one one good three, session, three hours or something. You could. This would be a great excuse to play Portal again. I mean, look, do you ever need an excuse to play Portal again? Uh, you know, got a lot of games to play. All right, uh, fair. Is never more. Um, I I I will say, going back into Cyberpunk made me want to go back and play Cyberpunk for real this time. Yeah, I never played it because it was such a mess at launch, and now I think I want to try to get one of these new cards before I play it. It's it's pretty good. Um, um but anyway, the only, yeah. The only other thing I'll mention here before we wrap up is in the slide in our notes here. Uh. Apparently no founder's edition of the 12 gigabyte 4080. That's interesting. I missed that. It looks like it looks like they're only doing founder's editions of the 16 gig. The 12 gig will only be AIB. Interesting. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a weird choice. Not a lot of weird choices. I mean, there's this, like I said, I would, I would hesitate mightily before buying one of these cards. If, if, uh, the 90 in particular, you mean, I, I would want to know what's going on with the, like, why did they launch nineties first and yeah. not launch eighties? Well, especially this? cause it's a month, you know, like we can wait a month and see what happens next month with the 4080s. Yeah. And it, it may be that it may be that like the 4080 is demonstrably slower, even with DLSS and all that. But I like, I would not be surprised if, when, especially if you're playing raster games, you know, if you're playing your Fortnites and your PUBGs and your Apex Legends and all that, yeah. If if you see roughly equivalent performance yeah. with DLSS on, especially once people start supporting DLSS three, sure. Are you going to undervolt? You I should undervolt. The get, CPU or the GPU? Well, all of the above, man. Under, yeah. Somebody literally said it on our Discord a day or two ago. Undervolting is the new overclocking. I I, I do like quiet. Um, I don't know. I'm about ready to build a new computer. I, I was, I was trying to get the new computer together in order to benchmark this. And it just, it, for a multitude of reasons, didn't work out, but we'll have something cool to talk about on that front soon. AMD or Intel? I haven't decided yet. I want to see what the, I want to see what the 13th, what the, what the Intel numbers look like next yeah, when the fair. embargo lifts. That's, that's sensible. Hey, with all of these things, if you're not absolutely dying to upgrade or to own the fastest thing on the market, maybe, maybe wait. Going. a lot of hardware coming out in the next three, four months. Yep. Yep. Before you commit to anything. Um, and, and also it seems like the, the supply chain stuff is a little bit easier, at least right now, because yeah. without the crypto pressure, it's getting a lot easier. Yes. Um, Thank God. I'm glad that's over. Yeah. The other thing is I want to see when the RT, when the DLSS three enabled stuff lands, because like none of the games that I, I went and checked before we recorded this morning, I haven't seen patches that flip on DLSS three for any of the games that were listed. I'm surprised. I don't think Plague Tale is out yet. No, it's out in the next week, I think. Um, I'm surprised nothing was ready in time for launch. But like F- Flight Sim, I don't think is updated yet. That was the one I couldn't find. Uh, Cyberpunk doesn't have any patch notes. Um, it is non-optimal for these things to not like for this this much of a marquee feature to not be supported on day one in any games. Yeah. So, um, but with that, it's time, Brad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if people have questions about this, I'm I I. 
I have had some personal stuff this week. So my intent was to stream a lot this week with 4090s. I am going to pick that up. Uh, I think things are improving this week. So maybe this weekend and into next week, we'll do some 4090 streams. So if people want to see specific games, we can we can run them. I don't think I'm allowed to stream Plague Tale, but Cyberpunk is fair game. And I will stream that anytime people want. Uh, so if people want to see games or if you have questions, uh, send in the normal yeah, either post in the Q's Seeking A's channel or email us at techpod at content.down and we will answer them in the um, in the upcoming uh, questions and answers episode. Brad here from the future. That's my little breaking news sound for you there. Uh, dropping a little fill in here that's uh, recorded later because literal moments after we finished recording this episode, NVIDIA put up a, a very, very short blog post entitled Unlaunching the 12 Gigabyte 4080. I'm just going to read the entire thing here because it's extremely short. The RTX 4080 12 Gigabyte is a fantastic graphics card, but it's not named right. Having two GPUs with the 4080 designation is confusing, so we're pressing the unlaunch button on the 4080 12 Gigabyte. The RTX 4080 16 Gigabyte is amazing and on track to delight gamers everywhere on November 16th, if the lines around the block and enthusiasm for the 4090 is in the indication, the reception for the 4080 will be awesome. Um, so there you have it. Uh, despite all the stuff you just heard in this episode, there will actually only be one 4080 coming out uh, in November on the 16th, which might be the first time they've mentioned that specific date, actually. Uh, it is the 16 gigabyte model, which is $1,200. The $900 4080 12 gigabyte, which is, as we said, a reduced... A GPU in terms of capabilities will not be coming out in November. No other information about when it will be coming out or what it will be named or what it will be priced at. Uh, but wanted to make sure that that late breaking information got into this episode. So there you go. Brad, I think it's time that we uh, thank our patrons. Thank you, patrons. Thank you, patrons. Uh, as always, Brad Will Made a TechPod is a 100% listener-supported show. If you would like to support the show with as little as $2 a month, you can join the fabulous Discord filled with beautiful nerds who talk about things like undervolting by going to patreon.com slash techpod. Again, that's patreon.com slash techpod and signing up there. Uh, as always, we would like to thank our executive producer tier patrons, including Paddle Creek Games, makers of Fractured Veil, vale, Andrew Slosky, hashtag bunny slimes reluctant reluctant meme participant wedge joel krauska twinkle twinkie and james kamek and i think the gift swap is starting up soon i got it i got a message last night about hey can you make a channel for the gift swap so we do a we do it we have a a well well trafficked uh gift swap for the tech pod in the last year so if you want to get some nerdy stuff from other delightful nerds mm-hmm. that's a good it's a good thing to get involved with and i like that we started early enough that it's not like into the holiday crush yeah um so anyway i guess that'll do it for us uh this week you're um you're we'll be back next week with another episode of the tech pod mm-hmm. true the true statement always there see you all next week we'll be right back.